With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. No one does us like we do. Always go hard with this crew. Welcome to the show, let's make moves. Nothing's gonna stop us, it's not to give rough. Broadcasting from Studio Lumo in Adelaide, it's the SCNSA Breakfast Podcast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go, let's go. Bix, you know, one of the things that I forgot to tell you yesterday, a uh, oh, welcome to the podcast, by the way, and thanks mm. for listening to SENSA. A Thank friend you. played some audio of my commentary of the Port Adelaide trial match. Oh, really? How'd it go? Uh, bad, because I did say during the call, um, someone kicked the football off their right fruit. And I tried to work yeah, out right uh, that fruit. wasn't hand or boot. I don't know how I got fruit out of it, but I said fruit in the commentary. Mm, there's a, uh, a foot, maybe a bit of boot, maybe a bit of something else. Something that starts with R that rhymes or, with fruit. Or maybe they were having a shop for golf on the boundary line and they were doing a banana. See, that's <laughs> this is this is why you support me. It's great. Uh, we want to go through some of the text messages that we didn't have time to read out today because um, everybody getting involved with the show is very important to us. And a lot of people are listening, which we love, mate, because it's, it's hard to know who's listening when you're in a radio studio by yourselves. Um, so go through some of them. Let's go. We'll start with Callum from Port Adelaide says, while I enjoy the in-house footage of the studio on Twitter, I'd love to see some entry footage, you know, like the NBA, some slow-mo <laughs> footage of Bix in a Josh Giddy-style blue fur coat. Yeah. Jared in the suit with shorts and suitcase or possibly Jace in a Westbrook-style <laughs> high-vis vest. Just a thought. Great work, guys. Would love an esky filled with ice cold nippies drinks. There you go. So it's just. Uh, Let's talk about the reality, though, of how we enter the building each morning. Because what I do is I drive down Hindley Street mm. and try not to hit anyone who's running across the road, not at the pedestrian crossing. So I'm careful there. Mm. And then we have a, a garage door where you have to get out of the car That's right. to swipe, swipe your card. Mm. Mm. You will never see someone run quicker than from my driver's <laughs> side to swipe and run back because I'm scared I'm going to get bashed. I'm worried someone's going to steal my car. Yeah, because you leave the car running and yeah. you go, you basically run the gauntlet every morning and then sometimes the rubbish truck's there that is holding you up yeah, or you're you holding it up. Yeah. It's it's a scary walk. Well, I'm worried more so. Coming down, when I come down Highland Street in the morning, I don't know what is going on, but you know where McDonald's is on Highland Street? Yes. There is a pedestrian light and yeah. it's also, I think it might be an access to Lee Street as well there's a, so there's a set of lights there we've been doing this for two and a half weeks now and I don't think I've got a green light once like so it's, it, just remember it, it's 5.15 in the morning there literally is no one except the street sweeper and a couple of other people with uh, you know blowers blowing all the yeah. rubbish off and still I get a red light I don't yeah. know what is going on it's like someone is in traffic sort of central is sort of waiting for me and just presses it red. It's me because I'm. that's why I'm in here early all the time. So I just <laughs> rapid fire on the button. And you know, also our car park, mm. when you are leaving, if another car is trying to enter, it's a standoff is it? because both can't fit in the one area. So mm. these are first world problems, but hopefully that answers your question, Calm. That's why I'm not wearing a, a suit now, and just, short just combo. Now, just on this 
Josh Giddy, did he really wear a blue fur coat? Like, is he? He's sort changed, of, mate. He's he? changed. He's got an American accent now. This is a kid that used to walk around Henley Square, mm-hmm. just a real nervous kid. That once at a thirty sixes match, I had to say to him, Josh. Your shorts are on backwards. Mm. And he's like, oh, thanks so much. Now he's now wearing a blue fur coat. Earning $5 million a year, projected $11 million over the next couple of years, and he's wearing fur coats and Nike endorsement deals. And this is what happens when you make it big time, Mitch. Yeah, you would know this when you won your premierships, mate. <laughs> make it. You got the keys <laughs> no. to the city and you were throwing your sword around Port Perry. Uh, good on you, Josh. Uh, the other one we had, Nestor Erin Kunda, an absolute talent. Goal of the season, hands down. Adelaide United continues to punch above its weight. Carl Viet, a future Socceroos coach. This is Brian from Port Perry speaking mm. of which. We had a chat to Joe Gauchi about Nestor this morning and he gave a really good insight because I think – um, externally, we can get sucked into how good's this kid. This is awesome. And we want Nesta to do well for us mainly because we mm. love the excitement. But we got to remember he's 17, someone That's doing it. well for He's for got him. plenty of time, hasn't he? And what, what's it like when, when you were playing and you had a, a young prospect coming in, like, you know, a young Andrew McLeod comes mm. into the club where you need to understand that we're not all from the same walks of life. We have different backgrounds. We have different desires in life. You need to – there's more education now as well, but you need to get around them. Well, the other thing as well is people perform at their best when they are comfortable, when the surroundings are stable and steady. So, you know, so at the moment, uh, Nestor's able to, he's living with his family. He's got, uh, he's, he's got the sense of belonging at Adelaide United. The, you know, he knows all the other players and the coach and they are nurturing and protective of him. Here's the challenge. <clears throat> when someone comes along with a big paycheck and says, hey, why don't we go to League XYZ on the other side of the world? And you, you gave some great examples about players who go off, they sometimes don't play in the first team, sometimes mm. there's language barriers, then there's um, the challenges of life in living away from your loved ones, and all of a sudden, you are not comfortable, you're homesick, you, you hate going to training every day, it's not turning out how you plan, and because your life's not in order, then you're not, you, you don't give yourself your best chance of showcasing your talent. So um, choosing really wisely about what you do and where you go and where your best chance of success will be. I think that's really important. So for me, when you look at a young man who's 17 years of age, if you think to yourself, if he played here for one or two more seasons and really cemented himself, improved his fitness base and became a consistent player, the paycheck will still be there and he'll probably be more mature and and, uh, have a higher chance of success as a 19-year-old than what you will will as a 17-year-old. So that would be my advice. And don't get seduced by, you know, the big lights and the big paycheck. Because you know, Mohamed Toure, who was playing for Adelaide, young young gun yeah, last star. season, he's gone over to France and he was here visiting in their off-season and he was at an Adelaide United game and he was standing pitch side watching the Adelaide United boys warm up. And I said to him, do you mind if I ask you a question? He said, mm-hmm. yep, no problem said, you miss this, don't you? And he said, absolutely. Exactly. And he said, I'm overseas playing in France because it's my dream. I want to play football. But boy, there nothing beats being home. And nothing beats enjoying doing what you're doing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so it is. It's, it's a real, it's a constant sort of battle about weighing up what's best for the athlete, what's best for your career, what's best for your bank balance. There's all those things to take into consideration. And the second part of that question or the text from Brian in Port Pirie was around Carl Viet and his future he suggested potentially a Socceroos coach. You see him up close, and that's mm. the beauty about your position. You get to see the the unscripted moments from the coaches. What do you? What's Carl's demeanour like? Is, is it 
is it a future that you could potentially see him moving forward? If you see the video, which is circulated on social <laughs> yeah, media, of him yeah. swearing a lot, that he gets a bit of white line fever. I think Carl's strength is um, developing young talent. He had a, a lot of the players who have come back to the club. So Jay Barnett, who was at Melbourne Victory, who's recently signed with Adelaide United, he was coached by Carl in his youth. So Carl's focus is developing young players and then managing the senior ones. I think if you are going to take that next step to the national team, you need to manage not just the footballers, but the ego and the expectation that comes with them because they're the best players in the country. Mm, so mm. I don't know if that is something that Carl wants to do, if he's ambitious enough to do it. I think it's a really cutthroat job. You look at yeah. Ange Postacoglu, who now has moved on to bigger and better things. Graham Arnold was supposedly going to be sacked before the on, World Cup. On the outer, wasn't he? Yeah. So, uh, look, I think where he's at is really good for his development. Um, but I also think that coaches want to move overseas. Ross Aloisi did that with Kevin Musket, went over to Japan. He's back mm. in Australia now. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I I don't know whether Carl would want to do it or whether that would suit his coaching style right right now. Mm. I think you still need to get a couple of trophies before you're in contention. Well, the other good thing for Adelaide United as as a football club is that if his strength is developing those young men who you've named a couple and we're talking about the Nasturi Irukunda, is that that's that is vital for the for um the sustainability of Adelaide United. You have to develop young men and, and then they ended up or they end up moving on and yeah. going to other clubs and, and you earn money from that and, and that creates sustainability and strength of, of a football club. And if he's really good at that, that's massive for Adelaide United and they should uh, look after him and make sure that he hangs around. Definitely. We also caught up with Hannah Petty from the Adelaide Thunderbirds who has the nickname Source. There's about four different sources around South Australia Including at the someone who texts us quite regularly. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got red hair too. I know that mm. Source. Sam Jacobs has got... He's got red he hair too. He's Source. He's yeah. Source. But we just need probably different nicknames for like different types of sources. Like a Rosella... Source. Yeah, Rosella. And the one who's probably our least favourite, we'll call them Ketchup because they're not as good as Source. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Is, is the brand of the sauce important for you? Would tell you, you what, if you, mate, my Would you be able to tell the difference between, you know, like a Rosella or a Fountain or a home no, brand sauce? absolutely not. My father-in-law comes over from Sydney and he requests us to go to the supermarket to buy ketchup. And we say, yeah, we've got sauce at home. And he says, no, 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 but you don't have ketchup. Okay. And I'm like, there's a chance that I'll break up with your daughter over this <laughs> conversation, mate. So just be very careful what, what you, you should request. Do, you, should, you should call him out on this. Get a ketchup bottle, empty it, put sauce in there and see if he notices. And I've been he... doing that with other um, things around the house. Have so, been... yeah, just trying to just test him to see where his limits mm. are. Because, you know, it's... In-laws, they're good, aren't they? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, we play Quick Bix, buy, rent, sell, you name it. It's there. Thanks for listening. Here's the podcast. Your local tyre power. Save on selected Falcon passenger tyres by three, get one free at tyre power. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go! And good morning on this Wednesday, the 1st of March, 2023. We are live in SEN SA Studio Lumo. Powered by Lumo Energy SA. Mark Bickley, can you believe we are in the third month of the year? Good morning. Good morning to you and everyone that's tuning in. Uh, it is hard to believe that we've arrived at March already. It always happens at the start of the year, doesn't it? But the good March? thing. March? Yeah. Yeah, it does. I mean, though, oh. the start of the year goes fast. <laughs> yes. Sometimes we're on holidays in January, then all of a sudden it's February. Now we're in March. But the good thing about that is it means that we are closer for all the AFL fans to 
Watching our teams play in this AFL season kicking off. We're only a couple of weeks away now. So and it's also the last time I complain about the hot weather. Get stuffed where, where summer's over. See you later. <laughs> exactly. See you later, summer. There might still be a little burst to come, but yeah, we're, we're officially into autumn, if you can believe that. It's incredible. This is my favourite time of the year. I almost start to get a little bit depressed because I'm like, well, it started. That means there's there's going to be an end. Mm. Um, but we've got time to enjoy that. Um, football starts. The other good thing is for some of our summer sports, I mean, uh, the A-League's still on for a while, so we don't say farewell to that yet. We'll chat to uh, Joe Gauchy from Adelaide United about the Red soon. Also got the NBL still going on. That, like, this not, is unbelievable. Not the, that you would know. The scheduling is ridiculous, <laughs> isn't it? We've, we've got to wait until Friday mm. for game one of a five-game series to start. And yeah. imagine if you were the players of New Zealand and Sydney just waiting to play in this. What are you you're doing? Nothing. Mm. Yeah, it's quite remarkable. And, and it happens with a couple of sports, you know, like with the uh, – or it has previously with the Big Bash – yeah. It reaches a crescendo about three weeks before you get to the actual the, the decider game. By the time the, the finals roll around, people have just they've moved on to other things. But um, I do notice though, you've shaved your head. It's almost sparkling in this light here in the uh, yeah, it looks in the good. Lumo studio. This is one of the things I thought about when I shaved my head yesterday. Every day that I've been in here, and people can watch us mm. speak. We uh, release social media videos each day. I wear a hat every day. And it's important that people know I'm I'm not wearing a hat to hide the fact that I'm bald. Mm. I'm, I just like wearing hats. But I thought, you know what? I'm just going to get my like my nude bald head out today mm. and mm. put some body butter on it. And you came and you know, really condescendingly touched it this morning no, like a bowling ball. I, I put my hand on it. It's, yeah. It's about a size 13. I mean, yeah, not it's just, not bad. Yeah. yeah. So I'm happy because there are some people that have um, not the correct head shape to mm. be bald mm-hmm. and um i'm really worried if i were to go bald i'm I you got no problems though like because you're like 60 something so you, your hair's not going to go now <laughs> you're absolutely fine i'm just worried about the the, the shape of that like you say i've shaved my head once or twice and it's not great so um, when did you shave your head because you had the same haircut for your whole career well um we we did it when dean bailey was ill and yes. he lost his hair so all the coaches at adelaide and a lot of the players we all shaved our head yeah now um that was all okay for some who were naturally short. Brendan Sanderson and Campo, they already had short hair, but yes. folks who had uh, a little bit of hair made us look a bit ordinary. But in the end, it was a good cause and, um, yeah, decided not to not to ever shave it again. Yeah, well, I've, I've got this problem where I feel like if I was to let my hair, what's left of it, grow a little bit, it yeah, would be it white like? or greyish. I think I'd look like Mr. Burns from The Simpsons, I reckon, because I've got a bit of grey in my beard as well. Mm-hmm. So, so do, have, you, have you got sort of male pattern baldness? Yeah, absolutely. On the top? Yeah, so this is the stress of working with you. What happened? So I've started losing my hair even more <laughs> dramatically, which is crazy. Um, we are here thanks to Tire Power, selected Falcon Tires at 25% off. Um, I wanted to ask about your adventure yesterday at the dentist in a mm-hmm. moment, but yeah. um, we are also waking up to the celebrations of the New Zealand cricket team, how incredible that was yesterday in their, their performance against England, the fourth test team in test history to win after being asked to follow on, um, while the result goes down as the only second one-run test victory. That's mm. incredible. And people are, are riding off test cricket saying it's no more. It's always between England and New Zealand. They have these amazing matchups, don't they? Uh, it is. It's quite remarkable. And, and Australia have been on the wrong side of that. Uh, they had a famous follow-on that they lost with Ian Botham. And that, mm. I think it was the game where 
Rod Marsh and Dennis Lee got in trouble for having a bet on the opposition yeah. um, because they offered so, such ridiculous odds. And then both of them went crazy. And I think the, uh, uh, the Aussies went down, but yeah, it is, it's quite remarkable. And, and we don't see follow ons as often as uh, we used to, it used to be a bit more common than what it is now. Maybe we'll never see them again after a team loses after the follow on, but yeah, test cricket going well. Uh, New Zealand, they're just, they're really, um, they never say die in New Zealand. I love yeah. the way they go about their sport. And uh, they've, they've got a really strong uh, patriotism and culture. Um, they've been lauded in recent times for, even though they haven't, they've fallen the last hurdle. They've made finals, haven't quite been able to get there, but they've always been lauded for their sportsmanship. So I love the fact that they, uh, they get up and have a couple of wins every now and then. And how would you feel if you were, Brendan McCullum. Mm. Um, that, I, I that's always, the other layer, isn't it? There obviously? is layers in all that. And yeah. I found it really strange over the summer to see Mike Hussey being part of the England coaching staff. I think changing teams domestically is part of the coaching staff, mm. I can understand. But going to a different national team, Daniel Vittori is part of the Australian cricket team coaching staff. Matthew that, Hayden? Yeah. The Pakistan T20 team? I I feel a bit uncomfortable when I see that kind of stuff. Like, not in a negative way, but I think it's a bit strange because you're going to be so patriotic about yeah, your, your country. I, I think just think that's that's by the by, isn't it? Like, if you want to get um, – not intel is not the right word. If you want to get uh, better mm. and go get the best. And that's why I think the, the next move for Australia is to go get an Indian, either a batting coach or a spin coach or, you know – Start preparing now for 20, is it 2026 when we go back there? So get someone in that's going to, the new crop of players that are coming through or as we're starting to coach uh, players on their batting, let's start to coach preparing them for when they get on a, a turning wicket in India because that's where ultimately we want to be able to play. And we are all over the third test, which starts indoor today, which is weird. They're playing a cricket match indoors. Um, I thought play, <laughs> I've just been waiting so long to say that. So thank you for giving me yeah, the response well that I needed. Thank you. <laughs> Let's start getting to the kitchen and find out what's cooking. Thanks to Nippies. You can win a cricket stump esky field with Nippies, ice-flavoured milks and Fresh juices. You had an experience yesterday at the dentist. It's important you share your life with well, our listeners as SENSA. It, it wasn't so much of an experience. It was just a, a funny thing that happened. Well, I thought it was funny. The dentist probably didn't. But um, I lost a, a filling the other day. I probably had a week and a half ago. So you ring up and book in. And, and I needed just to get it you know, refilled in because it was one of those old amalgam ones that came out. Anyway, working breakfast radio, we, we're getting up reasonably early. Yes. The, um, the appointment was about three o'clock in the afternoon. I got in the chair and within about five seconds after the needle went in, which was a little bit uh, painful, I fell asleep. <laughs> fell asleep for <laughs> ha- I was asleep for half an hour whilst he did. What sort of so, injection did they give you? <laughs> that's what I was worried about. No. Um, so I've got a great doctor, uh, or dentist, Mark Earl. He's... Um, down at the Mitcham Shopping Centre. He's just awesome. But he, he, as I sort of woke up, I, I felt that I was snoring a bit as well. So, Oh, no. And I said, oh, I'm really sorry. I've fallen asleep. He said, no, no, it was good. You know, like you just relaxed. And, and I said, was I snoring? He said, well, yeah, just a little bit. So there, there was me and the, the lovely uh, assistant there and Mark, and I'm sort of asleep snoring. So I know some people get a little bit uptight when they're, you relax. When they're in the dentist, but I don't like it when people watch you sleep. I just think you... That's not a normal thing. No. No, and it's usually you putting other people to sleep, which is really weird <laughs> when you tell your story. So Yeah, well, yeah, for those people that just have just dozed back off. <laughs> 
Well, now, he, now I know what the dentist felt like when uh, someone came in. He's probably mid-conversation. You know, they normally get a bit chatty at the start. But, but that's the weird thing. Mm. I, I think dentists sometimes, they are, are all lovely and you put so much trust and faith into them mm. and then they start having conversations with you while they've got three fingers in your mouth <laughs> and a couple of utensils and you're like, I can't converse with you. Yeah. Is this a test? It's really weird. And do you have uh, at your dentist... They've got a, a TV screen on the, on the roof, roof, yeah, yeah. Mm. but it's a little bit off centre, so you're yeah. trying to like arch your back a little bit, so it's it does get a bit uncomfortable. Every time I go in there, it's on the SBS cooking show, like, and so, <laughs> I'm so I said to him yesterday, like, what do you put cooking on here when my teeth are getting drilled? It's like, yeah, it makes me salivate. I just feel hungry at that time of the afternoon. Now I did see you uh, doing some moving at home, mm. and you you put a picture on your uh, Twitter page that had. All your LeBron James jerseys. Now, how many yeah. do you have, first of all? Because it, it filled the whole page up. Yeah, so I think in total there would be th around 30, 31 mm. LeBron jerseys, including a signed one, which wasn't in the photos. That's framed. Mm. Um, so what I found over the past few days, because I'm, I'm mid-moving house, um, I've had to put everything that I've got in boxes. And my wife said to me, you've got a lot of clothes. Mm. So I went through it all last night and kind of um, catalogued them all. So I have, uh, I'm a hoarder in that sense when it comes to sporting yes. apparel, because mm. I feel like when when a sporting organisation gives me a shirt to wear, that's a gift. And I don't see it as just – I don't know what you were like with, with your Crows apparel, whether it was yeah. year on, year off, you just chuck it out at the end of the season. I can't do that. Mm. So I feel like I would like to hold on to it. And So I've got every Adelaide Strikers shirt from – BBL 1 wow. right through to BBL 12. Mm. Every Adelaide United playing strip. I'll keep all of them. The polo shirts I'll probably give to Goodwill. Um, I made the mistake of doing that once and I got a message on social media from a guy saying, mate, I think I've got your shirt because my name was on it. Um, so, yeah, I put all of my NBA jerseys out and um, my LeBron James ones so they have their own um, little boxes because mm. um, it triggers me a little bit because as a child I had some really good basketball jerseys and mm. the one that stands out for me because I grew up in Tasmania was a Hobart Tassie Devils NBL jersey mm. now they they folded they no longer exist anymore and I threw that out when I moved to South Australia oh and now I regret doing that mm. so if I can find um, one of our listeners to provide me with a house where I can spare like um, store all of my jerseys <laughs> that would be fantastic we'll do a sponsorship deal with yeah. a, a storage place again. <laughs> that would be great but it, it is quite nostalgic to go and, and have a look through and I think I said to you a little while ago that I refuse to wear a sports jersey from a player that is no longer at that side mm. there's a lot of stuff I can't wear in there yeah, and I've just man. got to hold on to it I know how you're feeling because I did a promotion once uh, when the Adelaide Rams came in, we did, you know, had a photo taken. Yes. And I threw the Adelaide Rams top out. Yeah. See, that's something that is retro. <laughs> Bryce Gibbs still has an Adelaide Rams wallet. Really? That he still walks around with. <laughs> and I, I think that stuff, because I love going to sport and seeing people wearing kind of throwback. Mm. We're in a generation now where when they do vintage rounds, we're like, oh, wow, that's us. Because that's the stuff when we were <laughs> well, kids. The first Gansies that... We wore. We used to get one Guernsey for the year, yep. and it was it was a woolen Guernsey, so it yeah. get washed every week, and the numbers were stitched on. They weren't sublimated like they are now. Now, the, some players would get 
there'd be five or six different Guernseys throughout the year, whether it's, you know, the, uh, so Doug Nichols round, yep. you've got your away strip. You've got, some teams have more than one away strip. Then you've got your normal Guernseys. Then you've got two sets. If you're playing every, on Anzac round, you'll have a little yeah, Anzac logo on there. Then you've got two sets because you've got a blood set. Uh, yeah. And so there's so many Guernseys floating around and there's such a big market. People love collecting them. I was with a collector the other day who sought me out to sign some stuff. And, uh, um, what did you sign? Um, some footy cards. Oh yeah, footy cards are and back. Some other bits and pieces, but it was just an amazing. Um, he showed me some of his collection of all the different people that he'd uh, been able to chase up. Brownlow medalists. He had all the Brownlow medalists from 1955 onwards, or something along those lines. It was just quite remarkable. So um, yeah, love hearing about collectors. Apparently, and when you go to Western ones. Australia, they are fiends for sports cards. Like when the AFL teams get off the, the plane, airport. there are people at the airport with cards and things for you to sign, like no other state. Can you confirm that? That's a thing. <clears throat> that was happening when I was playing. So that's 20 years ago, and I think it's still happening now. Wow! But but um, I I love people that that collect cards. 99% of them are doing it for the right reason. Some are trying to sell it, but I don't think there's, you know, for most of us, there's there's no money in if I sign something and someone tries to sell it, there's there's not much resale. So, um, but I, I can remember getting autographs and you, you can remember if you, it was a footy card or I had actually had an autograph book at that yeah. stage. And it's just, it's just, it's not so much the, the signing and looking at it, it's, it's reminding yourself of that memory exactly. of when you went up and for that 30 seconds spoke to that player who was, you know, one of your idols or someone you looked up to. So, yeah, you know, I, I think it's a great thing that particularly kids, um, a lot of adults enjoy it as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fun. We have a big show today, as we mentioned. Joe Gouchy from Adelaide United is going to be joining us. They've got a huge match against Melbourne City on Friday night. And Hannah Petty from the Adelaide Thunderbirds, they had a pretty successful Team Girls Cup over the weekend. That's the pre-season tournament, which happened up in Queensland. Mm. They lost the final, but there's so much promise leading into this season's Suncorp Super Netball. We are also doing buy, rent, sell. Thanks to Rachel Laurie and her team at Ray White North Adelaide. Um, real estate is a team sport. Plus Plenty more too. We'd love to hear from you. 0427-154-166. That's the text line. If you're listening on the app, there's also a button where you can call us directly. It's 16 minutes past six. Good morning. Twenty-one minutes past six on this Wednesday morning. Mark Bickley is here, and uh, very soon we're going to go through some more songs that define your club's twenty twenty-three season. Some big ones yesterday. If you do want to give us a call, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. As we say, good morning to Jace with our Bricky brainstorm. Yeah, well, you know that's just like uh, your opinion, man. What's going on, Jace? Good morning. Good morning to you. Uh, just keeping an eye on our Twitter page. There's a bit going on there at the moment. So a uh, question I'm asking our listeners today. The Live Golf Tournament in Adelaide will, and there's four options, be a massive success, be a PR disaster exercise, be great for SA tourism, have little to no impact. And what I'm sensing is that the South Australian public, this has only been up 14 minutes, is ultra positive about it. So the two positive responses are far outweighing the two negative responses, which I like. Mm. Yeah, because we we were having a chat about this last night. It hasn't got off to the the best start in regards to TV ratings. This is the live golf. Yeah, it. it um, 
I guess it bombed a little bit, not a little bit, a lot. It was the ratings were less than sort of one. It was point two, wasn't it, Jason? I think something. More people watched the maths preview, I think, uh, than than watched uh, Live Golf. <laughs> no. So it was on in, in Mexico on Friday, uh, yep. and it, it it came in at a zero point two audience share. Um, that indicated zero point two percent of households surveyed tuned in. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be. Much different when the big players come to town, though. Yeah. Like Adelaide supports all sporting events, and golf has been, um, what's the word? We haven't seen, it's been under uh, underutilised, or we haven't seen the great players here often enough. So when they do turn up, I, I think uh, I heard when the tickets were released, there was a huge sort of influx of people wanting to get the tickets. It's around that sort of gather round. So you'll get some people that will come in from interstate, maybe go to the footy, go mm. to the golf. It's oh, I, I find it hard, you know, like taking the, the, the morality out of it, the moral issues around live golf and, and where it's Genesis is and, and some of those things, just the pure sporting aspect of it. Uh, I think it'll be really well supported. Yeah, I agree. And it's, it's going to be, uh, for tourism, especially in the western suburbs, um, and I reckon we'll, we'll get Nick Haslam on over the next couple of weeks, mm. who's um, part of the group that's bringing Liv to Adelaide. He's an Adelaide boy, and for it being at Grange, where the western suburbs are, is brilliant for that area mm. because we take for granted how nice that, that area is where um, people can go to the, the Grange Hotel or the kiosk or go to Westlakes and have a look around. So um, to inject a bit of, um, I guess, stimulus in the the financial area mm. there, yep. which I think will be really good. Australians will lap this up. South Australians will as well. And uh, are you hosting the party deck at uh, No, absolutely not, mate. No, no, they get the big dogs to do that kind of stuff. I'm real well, kind of... No, no, I'm just... Tell I'm you just what, very it'll be the key. only sport that you're not hosting. Yeah, I'm very low-key at that kind of stuff. So <laughs> <I> just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you play golf, Jared? Uh, I I like playing golf mm. right up until I tee off at the first hole okay. and then I get frustrated. I'm really bad at it. And that's because I've been told, because I did have a coaching session once, mm. I've been told because I play hockey, I try to hit a golf ball with a golf club like I'm hitting a hockey ball with a hockey well, stick. That doesn't sound like a good thing. No, not a good thing at all. It's not a good thing at <laughs> it all. It just so, goes 50 metres along the ground. Yeah, I'm, hor- I'm horrible. Um, my, my hockey yeah. club in, uh, in Port Lincoln was famous for playing a, 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 a game called Holf right. at its annual getaway, uh, which was exactly as it sounds, a combination between golf and hockey. So you would play with a golf ball and a hockey stick on a made-up golf course, and it was... Mm. Region famous. People from all sports came along out to Mikura to go and play on the Holf course. There was a Holf master. I was a Holf master once. So what you're saying is there wasn't much to do where no, you grew up. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> except look at koalas and hit golf balls around with a hockey stick. That was about it. Yeah. Actually, sounds quite fun. Yeah. Mm. That was a good weekend. Are you good at golf, Mark? No. I am I enjoy playing once every three to six months, mm. uh, but I'm not very good at it. So um, – and – I find I don't know whether it's whether I've got some sort of attention uh, affliction, but I just find it hard to justify five hours on one thing on golf. If I have five hours, I feel like I could achieve so much more. No, see, I'm on board than just, with that. Than just no, walking I agree around with the that. course, 
and it's chatting. a whole day, right? It's a whole mm. day. That's why when my daughters grow up, I'm like, you can play any sport that you like apart from golf or cricket. Because <laughs> I don't want to go watch my daughters play cricket and get bowled uh, out in the first over. If they're anything like me, and then I have to sit there for the whole day and watch them watch everybody else. Uh, my son is really getting into cricket at the moment, actually, which is uh, a little bit concerning for that very reason. <laughs> but no, we've been, we've been out every night playing cricket. He's a left-hander. He loves batting and bowling. So uh, I think I've got that in front of me. We he's, like he's that. 11. Well, Jace, thank you very much for being here. Um, what we're going to do is come back and play our first two songs in regards to songs that could define your soundtrack. For your team in 2023, we will get to Geelong and the Gold Coast Suns in the next few minutes. Uh, MG coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. It is 27 minutes past six on SEN. Good morning. Let's 28 minutes to seven. Happy Wednesday morning, the 1st of March, 2023. It is SEN SA Breakfast. Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Uh, we are going to go to news and come back with our first two songs of the day that can define your club's 2023. What would appear on their soundtrack? And uh, don't forget, if you are the caller or texter of the day, you can win a cricket stump esky filled with nippies, ice-flavoured milks and fresh juices. So get involved. 0427 154 166. Your local tyre power. Save on selected Falcon passenger tyres by three, get one free at tyre power. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go. 24 minutes to seven, going for 24 degrees and cloudy today. We are here in SENSA Studio Lumo. Powered by Lumo Energy SA. Bix, we heard in the news just then, and you spoke about it yesterday exclusively on the podcast. For those who didn't hear, can you give your idea about Ed Sheeran while he <laughs> is here in Australia? Because we saw him with the St Kilda Football Club yesterday with mm. the connections to Michael Gadinsky, which is, I, I believe it's the anniversary of the passing of Michael Gadinsky today. Oh, is it really? um, and also Shane Warne's connection to St Kilda. We were just having a little bit of fun uh, suggesting that maybe the AFL will go down the path of Geelong, the Geelong Footy Club when they change Gary Hocking's name to Whiskers. Maybe they could get in touch with Ed Sheeran's management and get him to change his name to Red Sheeran. I think it's Ed great. Sharon, Red Sharon. Yeah, I think no. it's very good, but he's one of those celebrities that um, just he, appears holding a Sharon for a, a football he's opportunity. He's a little bit bigger than the AFL, though, let's be honest. No, he certainly is. And it's tomorrow, the um, anniversary of the late Michael Gadinsky, and that time just goes mm. so fast, doesn't it? Okay, before we get into the SEN spotlight, we did something yesterday in regards to music, Bix. This was your idea, and I loved it. Yeah, like I said, it, it, it's not original. It's been done a hundred times, but we thought we would try and come up with some songs for each team that summed up their season that's about to, to, to come before us. So we did the first six yesterday and we're going to kick off with another six today. Um, what was the Adelaide Crows, the one that you had yesterday? We, we did a bit of Bon Jovi. Yes. Uh, living on a prayer, but it was more that sort of line that says, you know, we're halfway there, mm-hmm. we're living on a prayer. And so I think Adelaide are halfway to, in their rebuild and I think everyone's Every Crows fan is praying that it's going to continue on an upward trajectory this year in 2023. Yep. An example of what I did yesterday was under pressure for Brisbane because I feel that they've got on paper the best list in the mm, AFL no and they would be under pressure after a better final series last year. And I think it would be a grand final or disappointment for them in 2023. Mm. So you now are heading into another club. Yes. Well, no, you're going to do it first. You're, you've chosen Geelong. Oh, yes. is, uh, we're going alphabetically. Uh, look at the running sheet, please. Now, Geelong, <laughs> what have you come up with? 
for Geelong. This is a bit of a throwback, and they are touring Australia very soon, which is uh, which is exciting because mm-hmm. actually their lead singer it was almost not because he had a, a very aggressive cancer scare mm-hmm. and he survived it. But of this group, Blink One Eight Two. Blink-182, what's my age again? So we move into 2023, and despite the retirement of the 35-year-old Joel Selwood Mm -hmm. and the addition of Ollie Henry, Tanner Bruin, and Jack Bowes, um, the Cats squad still is the oldest list Mm. in the AFL. So that didn't bother them last year. They managed to win the flag. So I think they'll be asking that question into 2023. What is my age again? They've got Paddy Dangerfield, who's in the twilight of his career. Tom Hawkins, who's going round again. Um, so Mitch Duncan, yeah, and even Tom Stewart that he plays like a three hundred game player is, um, you know, he's approaching thirty now too. So Isaac Smith, exactly. So I think they'll be asking that question: What's my age again? If they start losing games, people will say they're too old. If they keep winning games, people will say they're not old enough. So it's okay. <laughs> Their list management is uh, geniuses. That's what they'll be saying if they win the flag again. Let's keep moving on. Uh, the Gold Coast. This is where the original idea came from. I heard this song. It's by you've never heard of this person most likely Nika and it's called Following the Sun and how did you come up with this one Vix <laughs> I think the Suns are going to break through and play finals for the first time I think it's going to be uh, everyone's second team Everyone's going to be following the Suns as they get closer. It's also a little bit of a nod as well. After the COVID hub where everyone went up and spent Mm. 10 or 11 weeks on the Gold Coast, I think everyone realized, you know what? This is a pretty good place to be and play footy. And that's why they're having a bit more uh, success, attracting people to Gold Coast and keeping the players they have. So following the sun, it's got a dual meaning there. But sun's in for a good year. Uh, we saw glimpses last year. Noah Anderson, I think he's going to be a star. Uh, Took Miller is fantastic. Wits is a good ruckman. And um, I like the fact they've pushed... Uh, Jack Lacocious back up forward. I think he's just about ready to break out. He's been on the list now for four years and I think he's uh, maturing and and he's going to have a really good season. And Matt Rowell is one of those players that you just pray, even though we're not Suns supporters, you want him to have an injury-free year so you can see him live up to his potential. I I think that like when Jack Martin was drafted by the Suns, we all wanted him to play injury free and injuries got the better of him and we probably didn't see him play to his full potential at the Gold Coast. King comes back in the forward line. I love uh, Mabwa Chol and what he did last year. Their defence is reasonably solid um, and they've got lots of young players on the list that they're they, you know, have only played a handful of games at the top 10 draft picks. They got another great kid in Humphrey this year I think it is. So they've got Plenty to uh, be buoyant about. So, yeah, everyone will be following the Suns. What are your suggestions for your team's soundtrack for 2023? You can text them in 0427 154 166. These are the creative genius ideas that we have here at SENSA. You hear the word (laughs) Suns and you're like Gold Coast and then we get a whole segment out of it, which I absolutely love. Let's get into this. Your time is done, and I think that the spotlight should go on top of me. Yeah, it's 
called the SEN Spotlight. Bix, what are we spotlighting today? Yeah, well, I heard uh, uh, Jared and Bucks discussing the merits of umpires holding post-match press conferences. I love this idea. It's 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 not new. It's been talked about before, but I just feel like it solves so many problems. Let's have a listen to the, to the discussion. The, the one striking aspect is there's uh, the reporting in the aftermath. The, the referee is made available to a respected pool reporter who asked the sequence of questions about mm. the holding call. Why was it? Was it contentious? How was it decided on the field? Is there anything anyone else needs to know? And it's all out there. You don't have to agree mm. with it, but this is how that call was made and uh, and it, it's it's very defendable. I think that's a very useful thing to do so that everybody understands what happened and why? Well, I think I can debate from an informed position. I, I love it when Razor used to come in here. I don't think we give our. I know maybe they want to be anti-creating um, characters or personalities through that, but I think it humanizes people when you hear from them. When you give them the chance to give voice to the nuance in the decision making, I think that by not allowing that, we create a bigger chasm between what we see in our officiating um, group and what we want to see. Like yep. the, I think more communication is better yep. rather than rather than what we have seen. I concur 100%. I, I feel like um, what we need to do is it's we predetermine there's four umpires. We pick one and mostly most likely the most senior umpire and say this umpire will be available after the game uh, to be uh, at a press conference. And then if there's what, what most likely the most likely scenario will be most games go off without a hitch. You'll probably get three people turn up to the umpire's press conference and ask a couple of uh, questions and, and that will be it. And as Buck said, it humanises the umpire. But on the occasions where there is a big decision that might have impact a game and you will get people in there, at least you'll get the perspective. Now, um, what if, if it's a predetermined umpire and he didn't make the decision, you can make a call and decide whether you want to put the, the officiating umpire in there or that umpire talks with his uh, colleague and, and gets the perspective, but then talks about, well, I had a great position. I was side on mm. or, or, and, and um, I didn't see the tug of the jumper from the angle I was. That wasn't uh, evident to me and I can only go on what I see and give the actual what he's actually seeing because in the absence of that, what we do is we fill in the void and we say, oh, the umpire... He, he, how could he not see that? Or, you know, everyone could see it. Why did he not blow his whistle? But what we don't often uh, take into consideration is there's different angles. Often there's 10 players between the umpire and and the contest. And if the umpire was like says, oh, well, I was obscured. I couldn't, I didn't have a great view of it. So I couldn't guess. I just called what I saw. Then how do we argue with that? And we get, we get a real insight into uh, how he came about making his decision. So I, I think it's a good thing. I think what people are worried about is that the umpires won't be able to handle it. Well, I don't think that's an issue. The other thing is that people will think that um, they'll be, uh, you know, abused or the, the, the people asking the questions will be having a crack at them. I just don't think that's going to happen either. So um, I just feel it like... It also depends who's asking the questions, though, because there's... Uh the team, both teams have supporters. The umpires don't really have supporters. So it, who would be asking those well, questions? It, but I would, I would make it open to the the, the AFL throng. And if you mm. want to go, you go. And like, let's let's remember the all of the AFL umpires, or ninety percent of them, are lawyers, yeah. accountants, yep. school teachers. 
you know, they they've got the potential or or the, or the ability to be able to converse and answer questions. Whenever we interview them, they're all fabulous. And the other thing is, if there are some that battle, give them some training, just like AFL clubs do. So I just think they're they're part of our game, and the more we hear from them. And the more they explain the rules, that's the biggest disparity uh, that happens in our game. People who are supporters and the umpires, the knowledge of of the actual rules is is uh, is a, there's a huge sort of diversity there. And and secondly, the interpretation and what the umpires are looking for. If the umpires are talking all the time about this is how we officiate it, this is what we're looking for, maybe it brings the supporters along for the ride a bit and they get an understanding of uh, how the umpires are adjudicating it. Over in the States, the NBA referees have a Twitter account which they use post-match after they Mm do um, reviews of bad decisions. And there was a a controversial decision a couple of weeks ago where at the end of a match it was between the Lakers and the Celtics where um, by the looks of things, LeBron James was fouled Mm -hmm. by Jason Tatum and it wasn't called. The following day, this is the tweet from the NBA referees. This is from their official account. Like everyone else, referees make mistakes. We made one at the end of last night's game and that is gut-wrenching for us. This play will weigh heavily and cause sleepless nights as we strive to be the best referees we can be. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> social media took that well. <laughs> I can imagine Twitter would have just loved that. Yeah, uh, I reckon you might have switched off the comments on the back of that one. But you know what? Like, it, I, I think when people make mistakes, just own up. That's what up. people are waiting for too, right? Yeah. There's an acknowledgement of an error, then they go... Thank you. There's no mm. more. Hey, uh, because uh, pr- traditionally and previously, a lot of the umpires or people representing them would say, no, no, we're comfortable with that. And you mm. go, well, obviously you shouldn't be. Mm. So, no, it's a good conversation to have. We are here thanks to Ty Power. Best buys on big brand sale now on. Don't forget, we're speaking to uh, Joe Gauchi from Adelaide United after seven and Hannah Petty from the Thunderbirds. And we'd love to speak to you too. one 736 736 We'll do a sports update next. Let's Six minutes to seven on this Wednesday, SENSA Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. The caller of the week will win that cricket stump esky field with Nippy's ice-flavoured milks and fresh juices. Joe Gauchi from Adelaide United. Not too far away, but first... SENSA Breakfast Sports Update. New Zealand has claimed one of the most extraordinary test match victories of all time, defeating England by one run in the second test in Wellington yesterday. And what were amazing scenes. Asked to follow on after the first innings, New Zealand rallied in the second innings, scoring 483 to set England 258 to win. Despite looking good to chase down the tricky target, England collapsed late and found themselves seven runs short of victory when number 11, James Anderson, strode to the crease. Anderson smashed the boundary to get the victors within visitors, I should say, within two runs of victory before pandemonium broke out courtesy of Kiwi quick Neil Wagner. Unbelievable indeed. Uh, let's talk a little bit of footy and we'll go to Port Adelaide defender Aaliyah Aaliyah who has put his hand up to be the power's number one man in defence asking coach Ken Hinkley to give him the job on the opposition's power forwards. Aaliyah has been building throughout pre-season and declared he is ready to take on the game's best forwards one-on-one and he's more than just an intercept defender. 
Yeah, I mean, we, we've been able to do that um, towards the back end of last year, where I was able to just sort of go on the number one forward and then um, try to shut them down. Because when I did come over here, so um, I sort of told them, you know, I'm not just the intercept player because that's what everyone thought. You know, I, I just come and fly across, but um, I can't play that one on one. I can play tall and small, so I've always told Kent from the start, um, whatever you need me to do, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do it. So I think um, you know it's up to the match committee whether they're exploring me playing on the number one or if they want me to be that intercept player. But um, you know, as, as long as we're getting wins, I don't really care <laughs> where I play. You can go play me up forward, and I'll be, I'll be happy. He's very humble because you would think that whatever Aaliyah wants, Aaliyah gets, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think Port Adelaide got much choice, to be honest. He's their big uh, defender. Last two games last year uh, played on, um, uh, I think, Taylor Walker in the last game. Yes. He played well. And yep, the one we'll before that, uh, he played on Peter Wright and kept him uh, you know, to one goal, I think, and, and was Port Adelaide's best player. So he's proven that he can do that job. Uh, let's to- turn our attention to the Crows now, who have ruled out young defender Josh Worrell for their final preseason clash against West Coast. He's got a hamstring strain that he sustained in their clash against Fremantle. Scans uh, that he had in Perth this week um, showed that it's a re-aggravation of the hamstring injury he suffered last month. Uh, Josh uh, has started the rehab process and his return to play will be dependent on how the injury responds to treatment with no set time frame locked in. That is from Crows High Performance Manager Darren Burgess there talking on Josh Wall. So not good news for Josh. He's uh, had an interrupted preseason with that hamstring. He's now re-aggravated again. So that's Does that mean longer timeout than the original timeout from doing it? Because it's Pretty much. It's, it's, once you do a hamstring, you're 50% more likely to re-aggravate it than if you haven't had one. So then you do it again, I think you'll find that it, that that sort of percentage goes up again. So I would think this is a, a four to six week at least if he um, you know if it's a if if it's a re-aggravation they're going to take this very slow. We're still waiting to hear back from Port Adelaide whether Travis Boak will be in the mix for selection um, for their match against Fremantle at the end of the week too. In regards to hamstrings as well, Bix, is that something that the Crows fans will need to be mindful of um, with Rory Sloan? Because traditionally when a, a player does an ACL, mm. um, following on from that, soft tissue injuries may follow, um, particularly on the, the leg, which wasn't their, um, the knee, which was uh, Yeah, ruptured. look, there, there's... Uh, there's a whole range of things that happen. One, you don't play any um, sport for that sort of nine or ten months. I think it is approaching for Rory, so you don't get that um, that conditioning that you would normally have. You, you know, you are you're doing lots of stuff in the gym, but you're not out running and you're not doing repeat speed. The other thing is when you start running again, that gait is slightly different, so it does put different stresses on different parts of the body. So, yeah, there is that that um, potential for that to happen, but. Once again, I spoke to Rory about a month ago and he was very, very comfortable with where he's at, how uh, seamless his preparation's been and he's really looking forward to this year. And then you saw him on the weekend and played on the wing predominantly, got plenty of footy, drifted forward, kicked a goal. So I think both he and the Crows would be very happy with how he's progressing at the moment. One of the things we're going to do after 7 o'clock, not just speak to Joe Gauchi from Adelaide United. If you have any questions you want us to ask Joe, you can send them in via text to 0427-154-166. We have our Wine Back Wednesday, where it is not only the anniversary of a famous debut today, um, but also, coincidentally, that person's birthday. So have a think about that. What clue can you give us about this individual, Bix? Uh, he had a long flowing blonde hair. And would you say 
one of, if not the most cult figureish players at the Adelaide Crows, and we're not talking about Wayne Wiedemann. No, I think I think that's comfortable to say. I think he, he would, at his heyday, had the biggest profile of any player in this state. We love that. MG coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group. We will reveal all very soon. It's SENSA Breakfast. Good morning. It is SENSA Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh at two minutes past seven. I thought I was going to sneeze then, Bix. So I've, I've held on to that which because it wouldn't make where, very it, good radio. Where does it go? Well, I don't know, but um, I've got this weird thing where sometimes if I look at the sun, I mm. sneeze and also like risk going blind. So <laughs> I try not to because it's not... Staring it's, at the sun. Yeah. It's, can't look in the mirror. They, oh, thank you so so much for that. Uh, 0427154166, SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA, a big hour coming up. We did mention our Wine Back Wednesday. We are also speaking to Hannah Petty from the Adelaide Thunderbirds just before 8 o'clock and Joe Gauchi from the Reds very soon. Before we get into the daily agenda, let's talk music again, Bix, for the people mm. listening for the very first time. What are we doing with songs? Yes, what we're doing is we are picking a song for each club that is going to sum up their season as we see it going forward for 2023 so this morning we've already had Geelong who did you go with, with Geelong this morning I went with Blink 182 what's my age again because they still have the uh, oldest average list in the AFL but they still have success so mm. that's going to work really well unless it works against them then people are still going to talk about their age <laughs> it's, it's going to go beautifully until it doesn't yeah. uh, and I had Gold Coast uh, I had uh, this is more of a modern song Nika following the sun let's play it just so people remember what you're speaking about It. It's very oh, it's summery, very, very catchy. Yeah, following the Suns, I put on it there. I think they're going to be the uh, they're going to play finals for the first time, which will be exciting for them. They'll capture the imagination a lot of the young players. I think of the competition, they're going to become everyone's favourite second team. I reckon. Okay, so it's my turn now, and I'm going to focus on the Greater Western Sydney Giants, and I believe this will define their 2023. Oh. I feel that Adam Kingsley would be thinking, what am I doing? I'm just <laughs> so lonely. If you think about the off-season, they had to say farewell to four more talented players that are walk-up starts to any other squad. You think Tim Taranto's gone, Jacob Hopper, Bobby Hill, Tanner Brown have gone too. So um, it, you, you spoke about the Gold Coast earlier that are mm. attracting players to the, the club. And why wouldn't you want to be on the Gold Coast? Yeah, Everybody's leaving Greater Western Sydney. They had all of those big-name players on big dollars that are going to other clubs. And let's be honest, I mean, if you wanted to live in Western Sydney, it's probably not the most picturesque place to live compared to a place like the Gold Coast. So mm. Adam Kingsley, who's looking in ripping shape and condition, is going to be quite lonely this <laughs> year, I think, pipes, where I don't see them climbing up the ladder very quickly uh, in 2023. Yeah, I tend to agree. They're a hard one to get a, a read on because they've still got plenty of talented players, but yeah, they didn't have the output last year. Okay, moving on. Uh, next one for me is Hawthorne. I went with this. Why? <laughs> Burn them down the house. That's what they've done. 
Uh, McAvoy retired. O'Meara gone. Uh, Gunston gone. Mitchell gone. They're, they've they've just swept the the sheds clean of uh, controversy in the off season. <laughs> all their sort of uh, senior players that had any uh, type of uh, value pretty much are gone. They've invested in the youth. Uh, I love Sam Mitchell. Uh, he's he's bold, and he's saying, you know what, uh, we could keep these players, and we could maybe. You know, finish you know somewhere between eighth and sixteenth, but no, he wants to win a flag. That's what he's there for. So they've they've cashed in their chips. They've got lots of picks. They've picked young players. Uh, they've got a you know they've done that for the last year as well. And they've got speed and they've got this sort of brashness about them. I, I think we will see glimpses of it, but I think that they're going to be in the uh, the bottom four for mine. So I'm very happy with they've that. Burnt down the house. <laughs> If you have to rebuild it, that, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's the it, thing. Yeah. It's beautiful because when you see, like, through the through the really traumatic scenes of of fires when we have them and everybody's safe in the end, and then you see the green shoots coming through, mm. you're like, well, it's there's beauty in that. So it's going to take a while for beauty to come out of Hawthorne, <laughs> especially over the past couple of years. But we like it, Bix. Uh, let's go into uh, something that we love to do at the start of seven o'clock every day. It's called the Daily Agenda. Now, the Daily Agenda today is all about the match day experience. And the reason I'm keen to explore this is because you are the doyon of uh, the match day experience. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. These are some of the, the entities you work for. You're with the Port Adelaide Footy Club out on the field. You're with the Strikers. You, you also are with the, uh, the Australian cricket team. You went over to Qatar for the, uh, the Socceroos with the World Cup. You do the 36ers. You do the Thunderbirds. You did the Tour Down Under. Uh, you do the Boomers, mm -hmm. which you did recently. Have I missed any? Adelaide United. Adelaide United, of course. Yes. So I'm keen to explore that. So firstly, how did you how did you get into that? How, what was your first experience with it? I, I started off with Adelaide United and I was working in one of their um, corporate facilities. So mm -hmm. all I needed to do was at the start of a match, um, interview John Cosmina, it was at the time. So we had access to the coach. Yep. Then I would speak to the um, some of the commercial partners of the club. Then I'd get to go and watch the football. And mm -hmm. then at halftime, go and speak to them again and then um, do the same thing post-match. And then um, the, the previous MC had left and they said, did you want to have a go at this? Because my only experience on a microphone prior to that was speaking on radio yep. or working and DJing to no people at nightclubs, literally to zero people. So I got to practice myself and it was fantastic. So I started doing it mm. and I really enjoyed it. I feel like... Um, in the beginning, I, I struggled to find my own voice because I tried to emulate the people who were doing mm. it before me. Yep. But eventually I found my own confidence and kind of developed, I know it's a, I feel uncomfortable saying it, but my own personal brand of um, mm. communicating when it came to live sports. So then some of the other clubs followed. So so the match day experience is, is the, the buzzword now. It's, you know, the game is is 80% of it, maybe less in some aspects, but the actual going along and enjoying the whole day is so important. And everyone's trying to get that great match day experience. In your sort of opinion, what are, what are some of the key elements? What are you trying to do when you're out there? So my focus legitimately is to be a fan that holds the microphone. Okay. The only difference between myself and the people in the audience is that I've got a microphone and I'm allowed on the ground. But I think a match day experience should not be results focused. Mm. So say for... 
Port Adelaide or the Strikers or Adelaide United, um, our objective is people will leave the venue, um, win, lose or draw and still say that they've had a good time. So that comes down to music selection. It comes down to video content. Cooper Stadium now have two massive video screens. Mm. So at the start of the year, it was how do we maximize the hardware that we have and give people an experience? And, and now, like when the BBL started, that was when fan engagement really began and mm. it put pressure on everybody else. The strikers in the first couple of seasons had the best match day experience in the country and they set the benchmark for everyone else where I think other codes had a look at it and said, oh, we need to be doing this better because people need to be engaged more. I think the world game, the atmosphere at, at those events seems to be amazing. They've been having songs played beforehand mm. forever uh, and, and really traditional, you know, the same song each week. Tell us about your best ever match day experience. I saw some of your social media from Qatar. That looked quite amazing. I loved it, but I don't think the match day experience at the World Cup was where it should have been for a World Cup because mm. when you have a governing body like FIFA, um, everything needs to be uh, under their rules and restrictions. So to give you an example for the Boomers on the weekend, I think this will probably paint a better picture for you. Okay. Because the Boomers is under FIBA, it's a governing body for the international sport, we are not allowed to play music throughout the game at all. We are not allowed to be on the microphone saying defense, mm. anything like that, because it's a strict FIBA game. So when NBL fans who are so used to seeing Adelaide 36ers matches or Melbourne yeah. United matches go to rock up to watch the Boomers play, pregame there's music. As soon as the ball is thrown in the air from the referee, there's official. silence. Mm. This is why all of the controversy happened um, in 2019 when Team USA played against the Boomers because at Marvel Stadium in front of 50,000 people, it was silent. And you're not allowed to do it. So that's why in our domestic leagues like the NBL and the A-League and the AFL, we have a bit more freedom to be more engaging. One of the best moments that I've ever had at a sporting event was in 2014, that first showdown. Um, for Port Adelaide, and it worked out well for Port Adelaide on the field at the end of that match, but, but everything just clicked. So if you think about for the Port fans who arrived at the game, there were 30,000 T-shirts on the seats at Adelaide mm. Oval. Yep. Um, Never Tear Us Apart was played for the very first time. That wasn't rehearsed or anything like that. That was a great idea by you. Oh, I wish it was my <laughs> idea. I wish it was my idea. But then the rudimental song, Not Giving In, was played mm. in the, the build-up for the team walking mm. out. Again, it wasn't rehearsed. It wasn't planned how it would be executed. And naturally and organically, the fans just started clapping along to it. Mm. And that became a moment. I think sometimes clubs try to manufacture moments, yep. but they have to happen authentically too. So um, every sport has an opportunity to engage their fans as long as they know who their fans are and they know how to cater to them the best way. Mm. Uh, and and just quickly, because we've, we've got to go to a break, but the different sports, you mentioned you've got the BBL, which is just – you know, a song after every ball. Yeah, You've got yeah. the basketball, which has, uh, we've come to sort of know some of the, the different um, songs that they play at different moments in the game. Where What's next? Is it some sort of other interaction with the fans? Is it some sort of technology? Oh, you should it? see some of the technology in America. It's unbelievable, Bix. So there is, to give you an example, in baseball, they have a bit more of a, a bigger um, space to use screens, especially mm. around where they play. Um, but there is technology where you can have one person running along the LED 
which is the, the like the ribbon around yep. the, the mm-hmm. stadium. Yep. And remember the, the video game Super Mario? Mm-hmm. They literally can be running across a screen and jumping and their head will hit one of those bricks where a mushroom will come out like in Super Mario because you have someone upstairs controlling it. So mm-hmm. the, the technology is there. It's using it to your advantage. A quick thing about the cricket. A lot of people thought that I was the guy on the microphone going, at the BBL. That's you, not me. It's not? No. It's, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I love it. I feel the, the challenge is on, and it can only mean good things for every mm. other sport to really put the, the challenge on. And I know that both of our teams here in the AFL are competing for match day experience, mm. and I think it's great because fans are spending a lot of money to go and watch sure. sport. They need to be engaged and entertained no matter the result. So mm. um, I appreciate that interview. It was really good. Well, no, no, but it's, it's no coincidence you're doing it at about eight different places because you're very, very good at it. And that's why we love it. And the other thing that I, I'm keen to get out of you as we go through this year is some of the experiences that you have on the field. I'm sure there's uh, you rub shoulders with some of the, the players and you, you're out there and you, you get that sort of, atmosphere that's that's the electricity that happens in the middle of the pitch yeah and I want, I want to showcase that and share that with our SEN audience this year too because it's very close being um, on the field preparing for a match and I'll be doing that on Friday night for Adelaide United as they prepare to take on Melbourne City speaking of which next we are going to be joined by someone who I think should be in the conversation as part of our next Socceroos campaign and that is Joe Gauchi we are here at SEN SA Studio Lumo powered by Lumo Energy SA about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's 20 minutes past seven going for 24 degrees today and cloudy MG is coming soon to Mount Barker Auto Group because it's going to be nice and hot at Cooper Stadium on Friday night. Adelaide United, a must-win game if you want to continue climbing up the A-League ladder, taking on a team which is so far on top at the moment. It's not funny, but... They are gettable, and someone who can certainly help us get the three points is the keeper of Adelaide United, Joe Gauchi. Morning, Joey. How are you, mate? Good, Jared. How are you, mate? Yes, good. Mark Bickley's here too. Very quickly, before I hand you over to Bix, what are you having for breakfast this morning, please? Uh, breakfast was toast, a bit of peanut butter with uh, some sliced up banana and a bit of drizzled honey on top. He's an athlete, yeah, Bix. He's an athlete. What, I'm getting a little bit hungry there. Hey, Joe, congratulations so far <laughs> on, your, on your year. You've had a great year. Uh, talk to us about the preparation for this week. As Jared said, you're t- coming up against a team that is clearly the best team in the comp. You must be looking forward to that challenge. Yeah, I think everyone always looks forward to playing the best teams. All players want to go up against the best players, especially as a keeper. You know, they've got a a fierce front line that uh, score a lot of goals. So it's always a, a good challenge against them. And, you know, when we played them away a few weeks ago, it was a, it was a great game. So hopefully we can walk away with three points on Friday. Hey, Joe, you look at the result against victory on the weekend and for any casual observer who would look at the A-League table, they would say we managed to get a point against the bottom team. But does it just show the evenness of this competition and how we can't take anyone for granted? Yeah, exactly. I think whilst whilst victory are bottom, um, they're still extremely competitive, and there hasn't really been a game that I can remember this season where they've been absolutely dominated from start to finish. Um, and I think you know the result that they put put up against victory uh, up against City the week before beating you know beating the top team in the Melbourne Derby just shows how competitive this league is. So 
uh, and I, I mean in saying that, we would have liked to, to beat them. Um, I think we probably did enough to, but I think the character we showed after you know, conceding first to, to come back and, and take a point was fantastic. Um, of course, there was that controversial penalty. Now, your job is uh, when that is awarded, you've, you're, the spotlight falls on you, Joe. Tell us about your preparation in terms of you're standing there in front of the, uh, the, the player who's about to take the penalty. Uh, how much preparation goes into that? Do you know much history of the player taking the kick and how do you decide whether you're going left or right? Um, yeah, for me, I like to just rely on my instinct. I've had a semi-decent record of saving them of way I find the more I play the worse that record gets so um, it's slowly getting worse and worse but it, it's the pressure's not on me in that situation which I love um, you know it really allows me to relax and be extremely calm and, and that's what I try to do and you know there's other goalkeepers with different techniques you know you've seen Redman and the, the dancing wiggle across the line and, and he's had success with that and, and I've had success with just trying to stay as calm as possible and complete stillness in the goal and um, hopefully that can be some sort of intimidation to the to the player I'm coming up against. And, yeah, I, I, I generally get a sort of gut feeling of, of the, the way that they're going to go. And, and sometimes you get it and sometimes you don't. Hey, Joe, everybody's talking about Nestori Aaron Kunda and his worldie. It was compared to Cristiano Ronaldo-like over the weekend. I spoke about it yesterday and said we just need to be mindful that the kid's only 17 years of age. Um, for you as a teammate, how important is it that the rest of the squad get around him and make sure that he stays balanced and also understanding that there's there's a lot more to football than scoring goals? Yeah, no, exactly. I think that's sort of our role. Um, you know, it's uh, really easy to, to hype this kid up when he keeps scoring worldy goals. Um, but there's a, there's a lot more to football than that, and and we all know him as a as a person, as a player, and he's been now with the first team, I think, for for just over would it would be a bit, just over 12 months now. So we all know him, and, and we don't let his head get his head get too big, keep his feet on the ground, and and keep him working hard because um, yeah, I think he's is really starting to show the, the quality he's got and the quality we've known he's had. Um, and hopefully the rest of the game it can start to get pieced together and he can become a real, you know, a real, real top player in this league. Now, before we let you go, um, it's important that we cover a couple of things, Joe Gauchi. First of all, um, you rarely smile unless something really good happens. <laughs> and I think I'm looking forward to seeing you smiling on Friday night after three points against City. But the other thing is, when we at Adelaide United have a successful victory and take away the three points, you are known to start dancing in the change rooms until you realise <laughs> that the broadcasters are recording and they take footage. Is this now a mindset of if you're going to do a post-match victory dance, uh, are you aware now to be fully clothed or you just avoid it because the cameras are there? Uh, probably both of those to be honest <laughs> probably just avoid it altogether uh no i think the first time was i mean i was a little bit embarrassed but it seemed to go down all right but um yeah no i was i hadn't i completely i know that we know the camera's there and it's there to to capture footage i guess of pre-game halftime and and post-game obviously but um, yeah, the second time I completely forgot and it was actually Ethan Alligich that sort of, you kind of see him point to the camera and I'm going, oh, all right, I, I need to go and try and cover that up because I don't want that getting out again, but <laughs> it was still rolling. But um, yeah, you, you can't you can't win, I suppose. But no, it's, uh, 
Uh, it's all good. I, I, and I do smile. I'm just on the pitch. I, I tend to be pretty serious, but in the change room, I'm definitely smiling. No, we love it, mate. And uh, honestly, I, I continue to say this because of the way that you have been playing, and it's been an amazing story and journey for you to get the number one position alongside an equally as talented James Delianov. But, um, mate, national duty is heading your way sooner than you think. So keep on playing for Adelaide United as long as we can hold on to you, Joe. And good luck Friday night against City. Thanks, boys. Thank you. Uh, he's a ripper, Bix. He's amazing. And he's... um. I think we're so lucky at Adelaide United mm. to have had so many talented goalkeepers. Well, exactly. And I was just going to say as well, you've got Eugene Glakovic down there as a mentor for those keepers. So I don't think there's any coincidence in that. One of the you know the best stoppers around and he's still there and still giving back and uh, making our guys really good. We are going to chat to another one of our mates very soon. Pocket Change Mobile Plans with mate Hannah Penny from the Adelaide Thunderbirds. Not too far away. If you want to send us a text, 0427 154 166. Tire Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local, independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's We are coming to you live from SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA, our number 1300 736 736 if you are listening on 1629 that's the number to call you can also listen on the app and get in touch with us directly uh hannah petty from the thunderbirds not too far away and also bix we are doing quick bix this morning where you have to answer lots of questions in a short amount of time i really enjoyed it last week but i'm worried the questions are going to get harder and i'm going to be embarrassed today's really challenging really challenging (laughs) i knew it it was, it was you softened a, me up last week, so I liked the segment. Now yeah. I get embarrassed. You like the you like the theme today, though. Okay. I'm going to theme it up all the time. So we'll do that after eight o'clock. Hannah Petty next. Your local tyre power. Save on selected Falcon passenger tyres. Buy three, get one free at Tyre Power. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's. You know, the great thing is just by sending us a text, you'll go into the running to win that Cricket Stump Esky filled with Nippy's ice-flavoured milks and fresh juices. Mark Bickley at 23 minutes to eight. We're still waiting for hours here in Studio Lumo because I think it would be great to walk in, have the Esky here, yes. and we can access it as much as we like in the morning and just feel refreshed. Mm. So I might send in a text to 0427 <laughs> and it will be um, Jared from Semaphore who's just sent the best text of the day. And I could stop off and get some ice, fill the Esky up. I think it'd be brilliant, and mm. I think it's a, a great thing that we have spoken about. So, look, it's as easy as send us a text, say hello, you go into the running as we get into this. Feel like we're on delay here with some of these buttons. <laughs> it's those sweaty fingertips. Again. I was using the mouse there. Okay, I can't be, can't blame that. It's our uh, wine back Wednesday, and 21 years ago today. Well, this is it's a little bit of controversy here. February 29, of course, of the leap year back then, but we're going to go with it anyway. 1992, a young key forward debuted for the Adelaide Crows in round two of the Fosters Cup preseason competition. Uh, of course, his name was Tony Modra. He kicked six goals in a sign of things to come. Marcus taken by Marshall, who's got a little bit of space. Kellett just coming on the ground. Kick it towards full forward. Footscray in trouble. Modra marks. Takes a good one in the finish, about 40 metres from goal. Good hands and not a bad kick either. It's a goal. 
Ingerson's left foot kick to the square. Marking contest there, and Modra's got it again. Beautiful kick by Modra. It's straight through the centre. Rogers. Too far out to score. Oh, it's a mighty kick. Modra. He's got it again. Right on the side. And that's a killer for Footscray. Excellent debut for Modra. He's kicked four goals and gives the Crows breathing space. Needs a big mark here. Oh, look. Huge climb with the mark taken by Modra. This boy's done all right in his debut. Nine marks. And he's coming up for goal number five. That is a great debut. Kick in short now. Ingerson in the pocket. High bomb. Modra! Well, we can't take that one off him. We'll be saying that a few times this year, I think. Oh, there you go. They did say it a few times, uh, indeed. Um, I love the understated nature of Ian Robinson. He's kicked five on debut. Yeah. yeah not a bad debut <laughs> for the young guy. <laughs> so the forward line there was Hodges, Jamison, Ingerson, Modra. So uh, a couple of good players came out of that group. Uh, and in 1996, we fast forward a little bit. Uh, the Cricket World Cup in Sri Lanka. Kenya played their first ever World Cup. They pulled off one of the greatest upsets of all time when they bowled the West Indies out for 93. Uh, and it wasn't some strike-affected West Indies lineup either. Brian Lara, uh, Shivarin Shandipal, Richie Richardson and Jimmy Adams all contributed to the total. And that's it. Inside edge onto the stumps. Cameron Coffey goes. That's the end. Kenyans are elated. Extraordinary performance by the Kenyans. Nobody on earth would have expected this kind of a result. In today's match, this victory is as good as winning the World Cup for them. Mm, yeah, 1996, they've gone on with it really since then, haven't they? I've just had a look at the scorecards. <laughs> so go through some of those big names. You mentioned um, Lara, Lara yes. Chanderpaul, Richardson. So Brian Lara was dismissed for eight. Who got him? Uh, it was Ali, so he was caught off the bowling of Ali. Chanderpaul was the leading scorer for the West Indies, 19 off 48. Mm. Um, and then you go down to Roger Harper, who was the next high scorer, was 17. So they were bowled out for 93 off 35.2 overs. And then you go to Kenya, who made that 166. So... Um, Imagine getting Brian Lara out when you're playing for Kenya. You'd dine out on that story for a little while, wouldn't do you? you? Know, do you know the funniest thing about this whole thing, though? So Kenya made 166 runs. Mm. Their highest scorer was Extras, who made 37. So had, <laughs> there were 10 leg buys, 13 no balls, and 14 wide. So Extras, with a high score of 37... <laughs> was the high scorer for Kenya. And they, they still, still won. They still would have won anyway. It's fine. We love that. Um, uh, we had a couple of texts coming through on our text line, 0427 Um Everyone getting excited about the AFL trials this week. We should be getting pumped uh, pump for the start of the NRL season tomorrow night. Year of the Rabbits. Yes, we will be covering the, the NRL too. Um, and Hugh at Aldinga said the issues with the controversial decisions, talking about the umpires and whether mm. they should speak to the media post-match. 99.9% .9 can be confirmed because our rules are very subjective. The frustration is five similar a let go and a ticky touch decision is paid interpretation may get worse with four umpires what's well, your quick thoughts on that Bix well that's, this is the this is the whole idea of this where you can actually say well you paid that last one there, there were three or four others early in the day why didn't you pay them and so you bring a level of accountability also that comes with it so 
I think we should try it. We've been complaining about umpires forever. I think the umpires are more than capable humans, and uh, let's hear from them. Um, and I think it'd be better. What are your thoughts? Oh, and also um, the person who sent in that text message goes into the running for that cricket stump esky filled with nippies, ice-flavoured milks and fresh juices. 0427-154-166. We'll head to Netball SA Stadium next and have a chat to Hannah Petty from the Thunderbirds. Talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go! 12 minutes to 8. Good morning to you. It is a a cool one today. 24 degrees. Tomorrow, 24. Warming up over the weekend, though. On Sunday, it's going to get to 30. We are live in SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Quick Bix after 8 o'clock. Also, buy, rent and sell. So, plenty still to come, Mark Bickley, over the weekend. Uh, Mixed results for the Adelaide Thunderbirds in the Team Girls Cup, making it to the final. But going down to the reigning champs in the West Coast Fever, we are building up to our first home game of the season on the 25th of March against the New South Wales Swifts at Netball SA Stadium. And someone who's going to be leading the way, as they have done for the past couple of seasons, is Hannah Petty. Source good morning how are you morning how are we we are really good thank you talk us through the weekend because there were a a lot of positives to come out of it but also something that uh, a lot of the netball fans would have noticed a little bit different were the uniforms where the regulations have changed over the new year period where you get to decide how you wanted to present yourselves wearing the dresses um, which is great not just for for current netballers but also grassroots netballers too yeah, exactly. The weekend was super exciting, firstly, because we got to get out on the court. But, um, yeah, it was a few of the teams, including us, got to wear the inclusive uniforms, which is a great direction the sport's going in. I mean, everyone should be able to play netball in something comfortable and something they want to wear. And um, that's just one step closer to being able to do that. And it was um, actually really comfortable for the girls to wear a choice, which um, hasn't been happened in netball before. Hannah, tell us about the season coming up. What's exciting you at the moment? Oh, I'm just super excited. We had a really good hit out at Team Girls Cup um, where we were able to go through a lot of different combinations and the depth we've got on the court. Um, we can throw anyone out there and know they've got, they can do the job. But I'm just super excited this year. Um, we've just been having so much fun off the court. So that's actually translating onto the court, which um, is the best part of the job. Tracy Neville is a new assistant coach for you. What does she bring to the table? Are you enjoying learning from her? Yeah, Tracy's a um, she's a character. I actually love being coached by her. She um, everything's black and white, but she also has a lot of fun. So you can't ask for more in a coach than her. And she's got some um, she's bringing some English plays over, which are quite interesting to learn at the start. But we're getting our heads around all the new lingo, and um, she's just a world of experience, and she's done it at the top job, so we can't wait to learn everything from her. One of the pleasing things about the squad this year, Hannah, is we have. Two new faces, Lucy Austin, who's been around for a little while, but also Eleanor Cardwell comes in in the goal shooter or goal attack position. And I feel that last year we had some matches where we were in the power five. So for those of you who who aren't very close to the netball, in the last five minutes of every quarter, Bix, you can go to a super shot zone. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's similar to a basketball three-pointer, yep. but it's worth two. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had opportunities where um, we probably t- didn't capitalize on them. We bring in Eleanor Cardwell, who's um, an English representative, where... Hannah, I'm sure you can agree she's courageous enough to take those shots and she's already made an impact in the preseason, which gets us excited as fans to see what she can do and add to our attack leading into the year. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, Elle, her mantra is get the ball and shoot from anywhere, and that's exactly what she does. Um, you'll see her go up and take the ball one hand in her claw, and then she'll rip it in and shoot it from anywhere. And then we've also got great variety with Lucy, Tipper, and Georgie, who can all nail two points. And now that's a big part of our game. I actually like it, which could be controversial, but um, I think it's a little bit of excitement that netball needed. And um, yeah, I can't wait to see some of the strategies we come up with against different teams to try and dominate that period to get more wins on the board. Hannah, that was going to be my next question. You talked about making a netball a bit more exciting. Netball's always been a traditional women's sport and you've been, attack's not the right word, but you've been besieged by AFL, cricket. Uh, there's a whole range of new female opportunities uh, yet still, the membership is really strong. Crowds are really strong. So netball still thriving, even though there has been this influx of other sports uh, available for girls. Yeah, definitely. I think we've got a strong history as netball as well. We've been here for so many years and we're just continuing to try and build that. It's great for women's sport that you can do. You can go and play footy, you can go and play cricket and things like that. But as netballers, we want to make sure we still are the number one sport and keep growing along the way because, um, yeah, other t- other uh, sports and codes are catching up. But netball is a great game. It's something for all with the men's um, Aussie boys and English and New Zealand team getting um, to play before the Diamonds this year. That was a great initiative and something that I hope keeps building. And hopefully one day we might even get to the Olympics, um, which is going to be awesome for just not us girls that are playing, but also the men that come along as well. I reckon it's really important. You're backing your teammate, Tipper Dwan, as well. I, I got a little bit angry last week, and I don't normally get angry, Hannah. You've probably never seen me angry before, but there was <laughs> there was something online that came out and said, um, Josh Dunkley and his netballer girlfriend have just purchased a property, and I had to take a moment to say Tipper Dwan is an athlete in her own right, and she's obviously been in contention for the Diamonds as well. I feel that our squad has the likes of her, Shamira Sterling, Latanya Wilson. We've got some of the best players in the world playing for our Adelaide Thunderbirds. So there's no reason why fans shouldn't get out to Netball SA Stadium this year, right? Oh, definitely. I think the mix we've got in the group, we've got a lot of diversity, but I think that also adds to it. And whoever wrote that article about Tipper, I think they should come along to a Netball match and actually see what she can do because she's, one of the best goal attacks going around, and I'll back her in to do the job any day of the week. See, this is why we love you, Sauce. Mm. Get up and about. Hey, <laughs> thank you so much for having a chat to us. It was great to see the result against the Swifts um, a couple of weekends ago at the Fan Day, and we, we faced them again for our Round 2 match with the Thunderbirds Bix, not just celebrating the 10-year anniversary of their 2013 premiership, but also we've got some really big games, uh, including another one at the Entertainment Centre this year as well, and Hannah Petty's leading the charge. So we appreciate Appreciate your time on SENSA Source. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, good job, Hannah. Hannah Petty there, one of the stars of the Adelaide Thunderbirds. Uh, what a talented family. Of course, Harrison Petty is a premiership player with the Melbourne Demons. Yep. Uh, Hannah is, like I said, a star for the Adelaide Thunderbirds. And she likes being called Source, by the way, just to make that clear. I'm not just throwing out Source. Mm, no. Okay. And that's because she has you got a tinge of red hair? Uh, just a little bit. But mm-hmm. I, I'm, and Hannah was the, the captain last year and part of the leadership group the year before. I, I don't think there's anyone better to lead that team. So mm-hmm. they haven't announced the captain yet for the Thunderbirds, but she's outstanding. And you can hear the way that she not just represents the, the team, but also the sport. She's mm-hmm. brilliant. Great, great energy. And the other thing that, that I took out of that as well, which um, a few people might not know, there, there is a push for 
the diamonds or, or netball to be played at the Olympics on the Gold Coast in 2032. Now, the reason Hannah mentioned about the, the men's team, which is playing before some of the diamonds games, you can only be an Olympic sport if the sport is available to both men and women. Mm. So there is a push to get the men's game up and going and really fired up so that by the time 2032 comes around, it's probably going to be a bit earlier when they make the decision, that netball can be included as an Olympic sport. And you suggested I should put my hand up. Well, you've got great height. You've you've got great movement. And I'm 39. That's all right. The, The game doesn't know how old you are. My wife heard that bit of radio and she said it was the funniest thing she's heard. And I don't know if she was having a laugh at me or the opportunity for me to play netball at the Olympics. Well, you go along to the Thunderbirds, you watch them closely, yeah, you, you rub shoulders with them. I, mm. I think maybe some of that sort of talent might sort of wash over you like gold well, thank dust. you. Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, that was one of our chats with mates. Pocket change mobile phone plans with mate. Before we go to the news, I think we need to reveal our last yes. two songs because we've got a big half hour coming up after 8 o'clock. We've been talking about music that could be the soundtrack to your AFL club for 2023. We've gone through this morning Geelong, the Gold Coast, GWS and Hawthorne. We've got two to go. Do you want me to turn my attention to Melbourne? Yes, please. Okay, this guy has been in Australia recently. Um, He hasn't been seen taking a photo with a Sharon, which is uncommon for superstars (laughs) that come into the country. He supported the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and this for Melbourne is from Post Malone Better Now. There's a couple of really uh, poignant words there. Yeah. We didn't mean to let you down. They let their supporters down last year. I Straight think sets. There's an element of last year that they were, I think, 10 and 0. Oh, and people were saying, who's going to even, who's going to challenge them? Yeah. Was, was the uh, the rhetoric. But in the end, they fell off a cliff, didn't they, late in the year and went out in yes. straight sets in the finals. And potentially there was a little bit of uh, mental toughness about that where maybe they started listening to the noise but mm. you mentioned yesterday that in their internal trial or their trial match that they played over the weekend it's following Saints. on from that they had a 30 minute running session yep. so I feel that through uh, a loss mm. and going out in straight sets that's going to only motivate them moving into 2023 well, so they're going to be better now for this what happened last history year. History says that a little bit as well you look at Geelong yep. what did they win 7, 9, 11 you know so there's there's that little bit of a hangover the year after. Hawthorne lost in 2012 to Sydney, and then they came back and won the next three. The Tigers got put out the Mason Cox game in yes. the prelim in 2018 before uh, coming back. So, And the one thing I do know, I know Simon Goodwin very well, and, and he has got an edge about him, and he would have been absolutely devastated with the way that year ended last year. So he's... Uh, He'd be a driven man, I suspect. Okay, we'll keep moving on. North Melbourne, I'm going to up the sort of pace a little bit here. Uh, this isn't a hard one for me. Um, I, I actually remember this song growing up, uh, and a lot of people will, I'm sure, they are listening. It's Yaz and the Plastic Population. The only way is up. Your DJ work, you would have been spinning that disc, I reckon, around the way you were getting uh, into that. Well, when I went to retro nights, bits, <laughs> <laughs> well, North Melbourne, they finished Stone Motherless last last year. Um, uh, there is some green shoots, uh, and I think they're recruiting, uh, although they copped a lot of flack for uh, the, the way they lost Jason Horn Francis mm. and then they um, 
they moved on the number one draft pick and they got a couple of other picks, but most people who have seen Harry Sheasel think that he's going to be a very good player. Will My Phil- favourite type of chip too. <laughs> Will Phillips <laughs> was a pick number three in the draft a couple of years ago. He's had glandular fever and a whole range of other things. But Jai Simpkin and, and Luke Davis-Uniaki, they're both two young players. They're North Melbourne's two best players. They're midfield guns, and we started to see them last year really start to emerge. So their midfield is going to be pretty solid. They bring a couple of experienced players in from Fremantle and, and other clubs. I think they will improve, and they'll potentially get off the bottom. So that is it. The only way is up for them this year. I like it. Send in your suggestions too on the text 0427 154 166. And I forgot to mention one other thing. Alistair Clarkson arrived as well. Yeah, I mean, that's a big name arrival <laughs> yeah, there. Well. That's totally fine. <laughs> um, next, we have the most difficult quick bix in history, even though it's only the second one that we've done. But start preparing and do your vocal exercises mm-hmm. right now, Mark Bickley. It's SENSA. Good morning. Our best buys on big brand sale now on. Get into your local independently owned tyre power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. We are live this morning in SENSA Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Just having a look out at King William. People are starting to walk past and recognise you, Mark Bickley. You made the mistake of waving to some of them this morning as well at 5am, so we almost had to call security, which is really good. Well, like, It was like Jurassic Park. We are like, don't look at the no. video. I thought he was... Uh, a fan. You know, no, he had a Guns N' Roses shirt on and he pointed to his shirt and then he pointed to his ear. I thought... Maybe he thought we were a uh, some sort of um, requesting a song, yeah, a radio <laughs> sort of music station, and he was wanting us to play um, Guns N' Roses. But then he tried to get into the building, so then that's when we did sort of <laughs> move back from the window. Uh, we had our um, our Twitter poll this morning, and the question was: the Live Golf Tournament in Adelaide will be. Uh, and then there was four different, um, uh, whoa, <laughs> four different opportunities there. I nearly fell off my chair. Uh, the, the 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 largest vote getter was it will be a massive success. That's 51.3% of people that, uh, that voted said it will be a massive success. Then the other 26%, was the, which was the next best, said it will be great for SA tourism. And then 13.8% said it will have little to no impact. So clearly... 76% of people think it's going to be a success and be great for SA Tourism. Before the end of the show, we are going to both reveal our yes moments. Great business starts with yes, but now it's time for this. Now, this is called Quick Bix, where uh, we put you to the test. Now, for yes. full disclosure, you have not uh, been told anything in relation to how the, this particular game will work today. If you missed it last week, I will ask Mark Bickley a question, and then you will have 10 seconds to answer that particular question. Yes. Mm. So last week, for example, um, we gave you the test of naming all of your kids, and you had the 10 seconds to do that, right? <laughs> Fortunately, I got that correct. Yeah, fantastic. So, I'm glad you didn't ask their birthdays. Now, that gets a little bit harder then. But well, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's fine. Uh, today, don't even start on the wedding anniversary. <laughs> oh, no, don't worry about that. Um, now, today's version of Quick Bix, it's the journeyman edition. Oh, the journeyman. How would you describe a journeyman if someone was to ask in AFL terms? Sort of more nomadic. They don't really have one place they call home. So last week you did the theme was all the number 26s, wasn't it? It was a numbers one, yeah. yes. 
Mm, and this week it's the journeyman. Yep. Are you ready to go? All right, let's have a crack. For today's edition of Quick Bix, question one. What were the clubs that former, and there's a clue in here, mm. what were the clubs that former Richmond Premiership player Jacob Townsend played for? GWS. Ah, Jacob Townsend. GWS. Uh, Richmond? Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Just the two? Yeah, because I was worried you weren't going to say Richmond because oh, okay. I said Richmond in it, but you still needed to do okay, it. Okay, good. Um, so I was thinking there was another one, but that's why I, I didn't say one. Because no, there's definitely more. There's definitely more. Well, who else did he play for? He played for four clubs. Really? Jacob Townsend played for GWS. Yeah. He won a premiership yeah, at Richmond. Richmond. He went to Essendon, Essendon and I finished think. his career at the Gold Coast Suns. Oh, okay. Good start. I tell you what, it mustn't have made much of an impact, Jacob, in those. He's last a Premiership two. player. <laughs> no, 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 I said in those last two, he definitely played well in the uh, the grand final. Okay, well, he's a big listener of the show, so we'll probably send him a text hey, message Jacob. now. <laughs> okay, next question. Great question start. two, quick picks, the journeyman edition. Eddie Betts played for Carlton, mm. Adelaide, mm. and then Carlton. Who did he kick more goals for? Adelaide. Are you sure? Positive. Are you sure? Positive. Okay. Eddie Betts kicks 310 goals for Adelaide. Mm. Eddie Betts, in his first stint at Carlton, kicked 290 goals. In his second stint at Carlton, kicked 40 goals. He kicked 330 for Carlton. Technicality there. Oh, it's my fault. <laughs> okay. okay. None from two. Played, played his best footy in Adelaide. Well, that wasn't the question, okay. was it? That's no, the right. journeyman it should edition. Have been, should have been the question. <laughs> question three. Uh, you'll get this one, I reckon. Okay. Maybe. Um, Scott Welsh played for North Melbourne, Adelaide and the Western Bulldogs. How many years was he Adelaide's leading goal kicker? Oh, goodness me. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm going to say... Oh, dear. You were close. 2000, 2004, 2005, and 2007. It was four. You're none from three. Okay. But that's okay. You having fun? I'm going to lift, yeah. It was a great time. Uh, I don't think there's anyone in Australia who would have got that that one right, apart from Scott. We'll give them some credit, mate. (laughs) Josh Carr played for Port Adelaide, Fremantle, and then back to Port Adelaide. His brother, Matthew, Mm -hmm. played for three clubs. Who? Fremantle, <laughs> St Kilda, and... Think about it. It's Port Adelaide, Adelaide related. The Colours. Collingwood. I helped, but you got it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the one. Hallelujah. Collingwood, St Kilda, Fremantle. I needed something. Very nice work. You're three... I got, uh, I got two on mine. Uh, the last two. Mm. Dale Kickett. Yes. Played for five clubs. Yes. Mm. I want you to name three of them. Fremantle, St Kilda, Fitzroy. Can you name the other two? West Coast and Essendon. No, I don't know. Oh, he's got <laughs> <one>. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> the only reason I remember Dale Kickett, he took a massive hanger on my shoulders when he was playing for St Kilda in about my uh, second game. Oh, no. so, That's triggering for you. Uh, now, the last one, is, and you've done great, actually. You're now... Uh, Don't three. I'm not patronising. I'm trying to support you. I'm your brother. I'm your radio mate. Okay. Okay. Um, Brent Guerra played for three clubs, and he won two flags with the Hawks. So mm. he played for Port Adelaide. Yes. He played for St Kilda. Mm-hmm. Then he got a wig and went to Hawthorne. Okay. It just randomly grew back very quickly. Um, the question and the final question for Quick Bix, the journeyman edition. Yep. How many Sandful flags did he win? Played in a good era. Two. Close. He was so close. He won three with Centrals in 2000, 2001, and 2003. I didn't think he played that much Sample footy. Like, that's that's uh, four years. Mm. Mm. Well, what well on, Brent. He's a very successful player. Very successful player and missed out on uh, one of the flags with the Hawks with a hamstring injury, mm. I believe. But, hey, well H- how done. How did I go? What was the numbers in the end? Uh, you were two and four. Two and four. But that's okay. I think it's okay. Did you enjoy that? I, I love it. Uh, and, Here's the and, feedback. And you say you support me. Yeah. Well, how about just making the questions just a little bit easier? How about you do your research? <laughs> You're the expert on the fan. How That's how I, this show works. How do I research questions that I don't know what the questions are going to be? I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. I'm just saying that take the time to <laughs> no, do it. I, I, I like you it fell asleep I'm, at the dentist. That 30 minutes could have been researching. I'm, I like it that I'm challenged and I like it that I'm starting at a low base. I think by... <laughs> April or May, I'll be up to five out of six. <laughs> okay. I'm just a positive I'll, guy. I'm gonna, I'll, I'm gonna think. I'm gonna manifest that. In I my will head. make next week easier. <laughs> that was quick bix. Uh, next, we're doing buy, rent, sell. Thanks to Rachel Laurie and her team at Ray White North Adelaide Real Estate. to team sport. It's eleven minutes past up. Tire Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's go! 16 minutes past 8, we are here in SENSA Studio Lumo. Thanks to Tire Power, selected Falcon Tires at 25% off. You can always give us a call, 1-300-736-736, before we go to buy, rent, sell. We say good morning to you, Mark and Grange. How are you guys? How are you? I know if you can hear me after all this noise. I just want to ask you one question. Has loyalty gone away from the AFL? Has mm. loyalty, is loyalty still around, yes or no? I think it is, Mark. I think there's uh, there's an element of it, but I think what happens is the the absolute loyalty we used to have, which was two way from the player to the club and the club to the player, that sort of diminished, and it's diminished because of many things and uh, the the proliferation of trades and and uh, free agency and a whole range of things, and the fact that it's full time and you can you know, this is people's income, and so if you can't make an income at one club but you can make an income at another club, you you you're duty bound to explore that. So that is why loyalty has been diluted. But still, there's players like Taylor Walker, Travis Boak, um, Rory Sloan. There's, there's lots and lots and lots of them, Trent Cotchin, that, that will be one club players that are going to be great servants to their club. So loyalty is not dead, but it's not as uh, as abundant as what it once was. Thanks for calling us. one 736 Hold the line as well, Mark, because we'll give you that Signet Boost Power Bank. It's valued at fifty nine ninety five because we want to get your voices on the air as well. This is completely your show as we get into this. 
Well, folks, today's your lucky day. This individual wants to buy you today. They know something. I can feel it. Let's get in on it. It's the Bacon Network wants to sell, sell. This is called Buy, Rent, Sell. It's all thanks to Ray White, North Adelaide. Uh, Rachel Loring and the team there are the best in the biz, supporting local charities and sports clubs because real estate's a team sport. Bix, I'll read out a, a couple of uh, topics or players or yep. teams, and you need to let us know whether you are going to buy, rent, or sell. Starting off with Riley O'Brien from the Crows. This is an interesting one because he is being challenged right now. Um, one by the game because I think mobile ruckmen are becoming more of the flavor and two, because he's been there for a little while and there's high expectations, but I am going to buy Riley O'Brien and I'm buying his character is what I'm buying. I think he's one of these guys when he is challenged, he will find a way to be successful. So uh, Riley O'Brien for me is a buy. Former best and fairest winner as well. So Mm -hmm. we need to respect that. Um, The Isle of Man T20 cricket (laughs) team. Well, that's a sell. Now (laughs) the reason that is a sell because over the weekend they were bowled out for 10 runs, if you don't mind. That's the lowest score ever. Is it? Ever. And we thought that the Adelaide Strikers bowling the Sydney team out for 15 or whatever it was in the BBL. Um, <laughs> Joseph Ten. Burrows was the Isle of Man's top scorer with four, while seven men were dismissed for zero. Now, there is a nice little side note to this. Who were they playing against? They were playing against a Spanish team. Okay. They were playing Spain. Okay. Now... What about the run chase? How long did that last? Two deliveries because um, opener always <laughs> Ahmed smashed back-to-back sixes. Six, six, bang, game over. <laughs> Jeepers. Okay. Hope they didn't pay their ball fees. They got two, two cherries out of it. Imagine warming up just for that. Carlton in 2023. Uh, that's, a, that's a screaming buy for me. I think they will be top four this year, Carlton. Uh, you know, if you've listened to this show, you, you would know that I'm pretty bullish on that. I think they can get better from last year and they lost some unlosable games last year. They probably only need three or four more wins to, to push right up in that front half. Scott Lysett. Uh, it's a buy from me. Same thing. He's had a wretched run with injuries. The combination of a big rooster who is aggressive, who can actually play, that is a good combination and very few have it. Just finally, um, courtesy waving while driving. Well, this is interesting because... Oh, hold on. It's I'm not, going to judge you here. Be very not, careful. It's not natural for me, but we one of the feeder streets for our house to get out onto one of the main roads has those... Uh, the, the, the road narrows and it's like only one person can go Which through. Which is... What's the point of them? Mm. Well, so it creates angst and sometimes I go through and there's a car waiting mm. and I don't wave and my wife gives me a little bit of grief and says, hey, you didn't wave. So, so consciously I try to do it, but subconsciously when I've got other things on my mind, it's not natural for me. So what are you doing? So I, I, I feel like you're selling this. I'm, I'm renting. I'm, I'm, I'm a little each way on this one. Mm. Um, and because I think if I'm there first and I'm driving through, what am I saying thank you for? Just be a good person, I reckon. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I'm I, an over-courtesy waver. And then you, you find out if you go to Kangaroo Island <laughs> yeah. and they, they do the two-finger wave off the mm. steering wheel, you come back to Adelaide and you do it to everybody and they look at you like you're a madman. Mm. Okay, well, I've judged you completely there. Well, I, but I, your I, segment. Yeah. That's well, fine. I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm half half on that one. Oh, all that, right. So that well, makes it rent. What do you think, everyone? one 736 We've lost a few listeners now who are courtesy waving on their way into work at 22 minutes past eight. Our yes moments next. We'll also wrap up the show. 
Tire Power Best Buys on Big Brand Sale now on. Get into your local independently owned Tire Power today. Everybody is talking about MG at Mount Barker Auto Group in the Adelaide Hills. Coming soon. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's 27 minutes past eight, been a really big show. If you've missed any of it, we podcast it daily with some bonus things at the start too. So if we didn't have time to read your text out, we will certainly do that on the podcast. To wrap up the show though, Mark Bickley, we need to get into our yes moments, which are the intro we love. Yes. 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 Oh, my goodness. Great business starts with yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's rip into this. Uh, I want to give a big shout-out. My yes moment was for the Barmy Army and their trumpeter who paid tribute to Pat Cummins's mum by playing the song Maria, which is Pat's mum's name, uh, from West Side Story. So that was at the test match, I think, earlier this week. Pat saw it on yes. social media and shared it, saying it was great. And that, that's really good to have that relationship with the Barmy Army too, because you just want it to be friendly well, banter normally when we're playing against them. But, of course, they're showing their support to one of the world's greatest cricketers. Exactly. Sometimes they mock and poke fun and, and have a lot of fun, but when it gets really uh, serious, they, they stand behind you. And so that was a great tribute there. And... I guess it showed that some things are bigger than rivalries and sports, and that is family, of course, and uh, our thoughts are with Pat as well. We have coverage of the third de- uh, test indoor today. It's pl- being played outdoors, though. Um, and uh, Kim Olderucha <laughs> on a little bit earlier, too. So I think that's a brilliant yes moment to finish off the show. You can search Optus Business or call our dedicated business team today. Tomorrow, Bix, we are going to be catching up with Will Hamill from the Adelaide Crows. Yes. And also find out what's happening in regards to both teams as they are preparing for their trial matches against Frio. And uh, they've got a community camp in Wyala too. What's on for the rest of the day, please? For me, um, I'm catching up with a friend today again. Is that me? Just down the road. No, I catch up with you every morning. Okay. I'd like to work on that. Um, And we are back (laughs) tomorrow. Thank you very much for contributing to SENSA. We very much appreciate you listening. If you don't have the app, download it. And we will catch you tomorrow morning from 6.00.